Good evening, listeners. Welcome back to the Under the Scope podcast where we discuss music. I am your host, Will Brost, and Patrick Anderson's calling in this time. How's it going? Man, I missed the last time. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I said that, I'm like, I just implied that he's not on every single podcast, even though he is. Well, didn't you you recorded a solo podcast, but then you decided to just scrap it? Yeah, well, I've been, I've seriously been reading Shakespeare lately, so I've been getting into the monologue (laughs) thing, and so I just kind of decided to shoot one out there. Check, seriously, update your your podcast. You'll see an hour-long discussion of Drake, just me. So get excited. <laughs> uh, speaking, just like yeah. just just speaking in iambic pentameter, <laughs> <laughs> slant rhymes, all of that. <laughs> um, so speaking of, I guess since I mentioned it, we are doing Drake next time. However, we like to do these quarterly reports. You know, take a look back at the past quarter, see what happened in music, and uh, without getting into too much detail yet, I think this was one of the best quarters of music ever since we've started this podcast really i mean this was Mm -hmm. an incredible three months um we won't be talking about any of the records that we've talked about on previous podcasts this is just uh additional recommendations and other notable albums so the way we've got this structured for now uh we agree on four albums prior to the podcast that we're going to talk about some of the more notable records that we just haven't had time to podcast about and then after that, each of us will give four additional recommendations of of stuff that we've just loved that, you know, we want to recommend to people. Because who doesn't like discovering new good music? That's probably why a lot of people listen to this. So I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would be, I guess, flattered if they just listened to it because they're like, oh, I just like listening to you guys talk. Right. But they, then I'd be like, that's kind of weird. Like, <laughs> I like listening to the sound of Will's uh, sick voice today. I, yeah. <laughs> and I like and I li- listening to the fuzzy voice of Patrick <laughs> calling in over Skype. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, let's get started. Uh, the four albums we agreed to talk about are the latest records from J. Cole beach house arctic monkeys and father john misty uh is there any one of those you specifically wanted to start with um not really oh actually you know what let's let's do this since i ranked Mm -hmm. father john misty's album last Mm. year as my number one album of the year you did um let's why don't we start with uh with that one okay Let's do it. So if yeah, you're, if you're okay with that with that logic, yeah, it, it, I get you know, it, it, I'm a little lost on why, but I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's okay. Uh, so yeah, Father John Misty, as you mentioned, last year released Pure Comedy. That was your number one record of 2017. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about God's favorite customer. Uh, Father John Misty is a baroque pop indie folk singer-songwriter from Maryland, which I did not Great know. Great genre name. Yeah, Baroque, Bar- Baroque Pop. Pop. So that stuff like uh, Dirty Projectors gets thrown into there, uh, Julia Holter, Joanna Newsome, um, and, like older Dirty Projectors, I guess, not this stuff he's putting out now. But yeah, yeah Baroque, kind of a more regal approach to, to pop music. So um, so I'll, uh, I'll lead in with this because you... We both love Honey Bear, and uh, you had Pure Comedy as your number one record of last year. I'll just leave the discussion by asking, 
is Father John Misty one of the best musical acts of the decade? Ooh, wow. Yeah. Um, this album's great. Yeah, I, I, I like this album uh, quite a bit. I don't like it nearly as much as um, Pure Comedy. I mean, I thought that maybe people could have guessed that one because Pure Comedy is like a masterpiece to me. Mm-hmm. It's not. I don't know if it's a ten or not, but like it, it's like it's like you. If you viewed this guy's career, you would probably like. I would look back and be like, "Oh, that's his masterpiece." Um, but uh, but yeah, like, ooh, out of the decade though. Well, looking back, that's so, a tough one because he was on Helplessness Blues in 2011, technically. Yeah. 2012 Fear Fun, 2015 Honey Bear, 2017 you know so I'll say this I think that he's one of the best um, indie like in the indie crowd I think mm-hmm. that he's one of the best of the decade okay. I'll say that okay because um, in the music crowd overall that's like you know of the decade that's talking about a lot of people yeah I would say the number one for that would be Kendrick but yeah yeah I'd say yeah Kendrick um Maybe like I don't know. Yeah, Drake. No, I don't know. Uh, so uh, maybe Kanye. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It now the more I think about it, the more I'm kind of leaning like he might be because uh, this this one might actually I would have to listen to Honey Bear one more time to kind of solidify, but this might be my favorite Father John Misty record. Ooh, okay, all right, let's talk about this then. Yeah. Because I, this is, like, probably my least favorite out of the three. Yeah, because Pure Comedy was, Actually. I have below this one and Honey Bear. So we kinda, we're kind of, we're kind uh, of, we're, I think okay, we're reversed right. on this. Yeah. So the, the okay. thing I, the thing I like about this one, uh, in, in comparison to the two that preceded this, uh, I Love You, Honey Bear had a ton of, personality obviously i mean it's just you get all of the humor you get the color of his personality you get all of that uh pure comedy you get uh the the introspective side of him um you know the the more thinking man's father john misty i guess you get his innermost thoughts um the thing is on honey bear you don't get enough of the uh the content that i love about pure comedy and on pure comedy, I don't think you get the melodies that I love about Honey Bear. Uh, I, I think this is a great balance of both. I think we get the, uh, you know, songs like Mr. Tillman and Date Night bring me back to that that kind of sardonic, uh, sarcastic, cynical humor that I that I initially loved about Father John Misty. And then a lot of the ballads on here bring me back to what I loved about pure comedy, only more melodic. Uh, so that's kind okay. of my overall take. So okay, so I I would agree with you that there's a nice balance between the two. But the thing that I the only thing that's like lacking for me is that it feels like his focus isn't as sharp hmm. on one thing or the other. Mm-hmm. So it, it it comes across a little bit like the like honey bear is done better melodically than this is and mm-hmm. pure comedy is done better um like uh, lyrically and uh socially you know whatever like, I, I agree with that i agree with that so so this one comes off as a little bit like 
um, like a yeah, like a balance between, but like a compromise kind of. I, um, I can like see a that. like a lesser compromise to me to to me that's what it feels like I don't I don't have as uh, lasting of a feeling from this one as I did from either of those two from Honey Bear or especially from Pure Comedy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 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 so. all fair. I think we kind of agree on generally how this is this is how it places in his career. I think it's just I happen to prefer the compromise. Uh, but uh, I like that. I like that you like that more, though. Cause it that, is I mean, weird. Like, I I do. I think that this. I think that it is. It's a good compromise, but it's not like it's not amazing. It's not to the point where I'm like, oh, he nailed it. Like, I think he did a really good job of compromising. But like, the fact is that that those two sides of his musicality are very different. Mm-hmm. So it just it comes out with a product that I don't prefer to something like pure comedy and i think that me liking pure comedy so much honestly like uh like if i hadn't heard that album at all and then i listened to this i'd be like oh man this is like his best album Mm. i think Mm -hmm. that like my expectations after that um sort of uh sort of have affected my opinion which is fine right because i love pure comedy and i like this album a lot but yeah it definitely is yeah, but I love uh, I love excuse me, I love the song, the melodies on here, and the a lot of the songwriting, and um, the instrumentation on here is stellar. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't he nails it. He does a great job. It's just not as lasting of an impression as the other two are. I can for me. I can see why uh, the the argument that he's kind of going through the motions, kind of going by the numbers, like just releasing another Father John Misty album. And I, I would have to listen to Honey Bear again uh, just to uh, to fully solidify that. But I, I looked through the Honey Bear track list, and there were more so-so tracks on that record than I remembered. That said, there are some tracks on here that I, I think are kind of so-so. Uh, the Palace and the Songwriter. The ones right. that are just really stripped down, I, I, I'm lesser on. Other than that, the though, ballads, the ballads on here are done like they're 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 done that in like such a more watered down way than they were like on something like Pure Comedy, where they were mm, just like okay. where they were like devastating. Okay. okay. Um, like that's that's how I feel about it. They're like these ones feel more like kind of um, like. It's definitely Father John Misty, and he's nailed the ability to be like, oh, this is a Father John Misty track, which I love. I love when I can recognize that in an artist. But he's this one is like a thing of like, it gets lost in the mix of other Father John Misty, Misty tracks, like The Palace, and like that kind of stuff is just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that song, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the difference is I think that... Um, because you, you were saying that Honey Bear has so-so tracks and this one does too. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. But the standouts in Honey Bear are much bigger than the standouts in this one out, this album to me. I can see that. I will say, though, um, I think the, uh, uh, the, the title track... I, I'm a little wishy-washy on which is my favorite album. My favorite song by him that I've heard is the title track on this record. It's really, really good. It's it's a song... I it, it, Again, it's one Mr. of those... Tillman is, Mr. Mm-hmm. Tillman's an amazing song, too. Mr. Tillman's one of the best melodies that 
I mean, yeah, it's so good. It's like, so that's good. One the, yeah, that's one of the best melodies that he's written. Oh. I agree with that. I definitely do. I just I want to rant a little bit about the title track before I give my score, but um, it, it's go for it. it. It's perfectly encapsulates what I what I'm trying to get at with my overall point. It the the, the songwriting, the musicality, the the melodies are there, but it's also a song about how he's losing his religion over time. Uh, he he calls to God for help in the song even though he no longer believes in God, but he's implying that he kind of deserves help from God because he used to be a devout follower of God. It's kind of this, it's a serious, but it's also kind of this tongue-in-cheek humor aspect that he adds to a lot of his songs. Um, it's just beautiful, and Wise Blood is... She's just the best. She was. She's a gem. She is a gem. She she made my 2017 album of the year better. Uh, Perfume Genius is no shape. Uh, her feature on that was great. Her feature on here is great. I need to stop messing around and need to get around to her solo stuff. But yeah, uh, I think that the ballads at their worst are the dullest moments on here. At their best are among the best songs in his discography. I would throw in Please Don't Die and. Um, just dumb enough to try as some of the better tracks on here as well uh that's generally my thoughts uh on this did you have anything else you wanted to throw in there i i really like the way that you talked about god's favorite customer i'm not trying to be super negative about this i just know that like since i did rate his album pure comedy as my favorite i wanted to like clarify like i'm not just like absolutely thrilled about this just because it's father john misty right I love a lot of aspects on here. He does a really great job with, with yeah, like what you said, with compromising on both aspects of it. But the outcome is just like it leaves me with a little bit less impressed than I have been before, which is just it's something that it's something to take into account. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's basically it. But I do really like this album overall. It's good. Uh, I'm I'm feeling an eight on it. Uh, what about you? Uh, I'm I'm at a seven right now on it. I'm a I'm a high eight, I, but it but not quite a nine. I'm a, yeah, I'm I'm a high seven. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I don't like to round up, so yeah, eight. Uh, so seven and a half for us on that one. Um, I guess since you picked that one, I'll go next. Um, I figure, uh, you know what? Fuck it. We've had a couple requests uh, to discuss Arctic Monkeys, so I kind of want to go there <clears throat> next. Um, so Arctic Monkeys, you know, they're an English rock band. Uh, their new album is Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Uh, I'll ask your thoughts, but it's important to just get out of the way. This sounds unlike any of their previous stuff, uh, which used to sound more punky, more strokes-ish. This is a, a noticeable change in direction, uh, very piano-centric. They're calling it lounge pop, space pop glam rock a lot of that getting thrown around so what did you think of the other uh, new direction i i like the idea a lot i think they did a pretty good job of it but um it's it, it, overall i i'm it's pretty forgettable i think we're in the same boat on this one really yeah i mean it, it it's just like like when i first when i first threw it on I was like, "Ooh, this is cool!" And then, you know, and I'm like, "I'm like, oh man, they 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 nailed the production on here. This is sounding really cool." And then, uh, like, I'm just lost on the concept of it by the end of the only eleven tracks on here. So, I don't know. I mean, like, and like, I've I've never been like a huge Arctic Monkeys fan yeah. either. 
like <laughs> I I like them. I like a, a, some of their songs. Most mostly their bigger songs. I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's always they've always sort of felt like a band that's like I can't really listen to a full album um, okay. without feeling sort of worn out on the sound because they have a tendency to just to just rehash some the, the same sort of um, formula over and over again whenever they're creating an album that's i mean that's just been my feeling on it so like i i i think that this direction that they took was like definitely my favorite it's definitely my favorite sound i've heard okay. come out of arctic monkeys um i was like this is really cool i would listen to an arctic monkeys album if it sounded like this but i don't know this one to me is like it, it it by the end of it i'm just like i i'm i'm good i don't i don't you know it, it's just forgettable oh, yeah. by the end of it you my know? my uh, my favorite arctic monkeys album is am which is i think a pretty unpopular opinion people tend to enjoy their earlier heavier yeah. stuff um and am is kind of their black keys brothers where it's like oh here's the 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 kind of rugged band the rough band kind of watering it down for the mainstream but i liked their sound on that record the thing with this record is i think you and i are both in the same boat where we can appreciate that they're going in a new direction and honestly i think it's a direction that i haven't heard from many bands recently if any um (coughs) it's an interesting concept it's an intriguing style i enjoy some of these songs especially some of the more upbeat songs (coughs) the thing is there's a couple big issues um much of this album to me sounds boring and flat mm-hmm. uh, especially I thought the the opener I thought was incredibly drab and boring and didn't need to be six minutes it, it just left a sour taste in my yeah mind. it's too long it's it, way too yeah. long it, and it's and the the other thing it's like oh yeah it's like they it's like they just they were like um they were like oh we need to show people about this new sound by 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 putting like the longest song on our album right off the bat right it's like very it's very self-indulgent feeling having that long of a track as your opener and it not really going anywhere yeah and and i think they do the spacier sound uh pretty well on songs like uh one point perspective and american sports which immediately follow that and i thought that the yes yeah I, i thought the closer was pretty good uh ultra cheese i think it's called uh, so th- yeah, the old church use, yeah. So I thought the closer was pretty good, which is good because that makes up for the opener, which is probably my least favorite song on here. Um, the other big issue, aside from a lot of this record, as you mentioned, forgettable, uh, I called it boring, but, you know, synonymous. I think that the other issue here is it, this instrumentation is pretty good. I don't think Alex Turner sounds great over this kind of instrumentation. I don't think it's a sound that works for his vocals. I don't know if you felt a disconnect there or not. I thought he sounded okay. okay. I mean, like, I, I I think that the I think that a lot of Arctic Monkeys fans probably are like, I want to hear him over more punky, groovy, cool bass guitar, like real, mm-hmm. <laughs> real instruments. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Like like that, you know. <laughs> Right, right. But like that kind of thing, like more traditional sounding rock and roll band. But like, I like the way that he sounded on 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 this one. It, it complements his voice, but it makes it sound a little bit more low key. But I'm also somebody that likes, um, 
newer age synthy strokes more than a lot of other strokes fans too and i think the hmm. two are sort of sort of synonymous in a way like i think he, yeah i think he kind of references the strokes on one of these tracks it, like he yeah, pokes he does, fun at yeah. it which is cool i i appreciated that he says something about getting stoned and listening to the strokes um so i think on, tra- on the title track maybe maybe yeah, so which I I also like the title track quite a bit. Too. I I think that is a good one. Uh, and uh, yeah, good melody to that memorable chorus. Um, but yeah, this is just one of those. Uh, the, the and it's interesting because I think every year there's like this polarizing. I guess Arctic Monkeys are indie rock. I'll call them indie rock for the sake of this point. But there's always this polarizing indie album every year like last year it was the arcade fire record or the lcd record a couple years ago currents was that i think this is going to be that record uh i'm seeing really i i think so i'm seeing a i'm seeing a pretty big disconnect between um fans and and critics on this one i think a lot of fans are where we're at but critics seem to be not fawning over it but seem to be a lot more positive liking it yeah like Oh yeah, I haven't seen that really. Yeah. I mean, maybe I haven't look, been looking hard enough. But like, that's strange that it would be Arctic Monkeys though. Yeah, they're such an inoffensive band usually with their sound. Right. Yeah. That's that's. And this what's isn't. And off. this is this isn't even that experimental. Like, you know. I'm sure there's. Oh, uh, I guess the Snail Mail record is probably a better example of that. Now I'm thinking about it, where critics are just like, Snail Mail is this is the best thing ever, and then fans are like, yeah, and wow, the fans are like, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Um, overall, I could see yeah. I could see this one being though because because they are a bigger name in the indie world. So I, I guess yeah. I could see that. The uh, the eight point one for this came out of nowhere for me. Uh, I was not getting. I don't it. I don't get it. I think yeah. that that seems like a like a phoning it in sort of like bat phoning it in. Uh, yeah, like oh you know we we've, we've loved Arctic Monkeys in the past and now we're you know not going to give them best new music but we'll give them a score that people like, will will just ignore yeah that's the eight point one is like a thing of like oh we liked it but like if you don't check it out whatever yeah that's literally every good ambient album gets that score <laughs> so I know um, yeah so uh, overall anytime I see anytime I see that eight point one on ambient I'm I'm like oh this is about to be my favorite album of the year. <laughs> um uh just in general my last thought is kind of the 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 feeling i get with alex turner is that he occasionally reminds me of of someone who um it's like his turn at karaoke night and he throws on like a really slow song but he he's he sounds too drunk to perform (laughs) i i get some of that on here um i'm going five out of ten um yeah okay so um I'm sorry that I don't have more positive things for people who have actually requested us to. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. To do this. Yeah. But but um, and I'm sorry that I wasn't actually a big Arctic Monkeys fan in the past. But you know, I mean, listening to this is just it. It it wasn't really that enjoyable. I felt very bland by the end of it. I like the concept and the cover art. Love the cover mm. art. Mm-hmm. I love both of those things way more than I actually like the music on this album. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm exactly at the same point you are. I'm gonna five out of ten on it. It's okay. I mean, if if yeah. somebody really likes this album, I get it. But you know, for me, it's just it, it doesn't hit anything. 
Yeah, I, I like their other stuff better, but I think I appreciate this sound more than I appreciate the directions they've gone in the past. Um, so that's our yeah. Funky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We get a, a five average on that, five out of ten. We're indifferent. Uh, what do you want to do, J. Cole or Beach House? Uh, let's do J. Cole first. Yeah, here we go. Uh, J. Cole is a, a hip-hop artist from North Carolina. You probably know who J. Cole is. Um, he, here's the thing. I actually enjoy this record more than I anticipated. Uh, it's I think the production uh, is generally pretty well done. It's pretty cohesive. Uh, J. Cole sounds good over this production. Um, and yeah, I think, I think the cohesion is kind of my biggest takeaway here because I haven't always gotten that in the past especially with like popular rappers they don't care about cohesion at all uh but jake yeah. actually kind of he's he takes the the concept of making an album to heart and i appreciate that and uh generally i think a lot of these songs are pretty catchy uh what did you think i think that they're catchy and i think that you're right in the uh, the fact that like i'm not I'm not but by the end of the album I'm not worn out by hearing J. Cole which is a pretty low standard to keep somebody at but I was surprised at that jeez man give uh, him a little I, bit of credit there yeah by the end of it I was I was surprised so but um yeah I mean I I liked it I definitely liked it more than I expected to and you know, it might be my favorite J. Cole album that I've heard. It might be for me too, maybe. Yeah. But I haven't really liked any other J. Cole albums right. that I've heard. Right. And this one still has a lot of like J. Cole isms to it <laughs> that I'm just like, like you know. <laughs> I, I pointed a couple out uh, that I thought were just like. For I don't even have lyrics pointed out. I just have the the track titles and the album titles and everything. Kevin's heart. I how bad is that? How bad? Like, you gotta be kidding. So <laughs> apparently, I thought it was just a bad pun. It's so it's a song about the struggle of uh, you know staying faithful with your partner. Um, yeah. Apparently, Kevin Hart has some publicly known problems with this. So not only is it like a stupid pun, but it's like J Cole is calling out kevin hart specifically just to get his puns off you know i i don't know he he released this right at the time that kevin hart admitted to like some infidelity and things like that too so he released this album right like <laughs> i think it was like within the week yeah. that it became public and like so i was just sitting there looking at this and i'm like this is premeditated yeah. like, he was he was ready to like out kevin hart <laughs> <laughs> for having infidelity issues. Oh like. God! And uh, apparently, Kevin Hart's in the music video for this song. You know, mm -hmm. so um, the other thing, though. Yeah, but yeah. but that but so but on that yeah. that's that that is the cheesiness that is J Cole that is on this album that and it's still there. It's still there, and I it, and it makes me like go like God damn it, <laughs> like. <laughs> But overall, I did. I I think you're right. I felt more positive about his rapping, mm -hmm. um, and and the way that his production is complimenting him on this than I thought I would. So yeah, yeah. I think that the production can sound a little too samey at times, but I'd rather that than just oh he's doing a trap song now. Oh now he's gonna do a song over a piano because it's the serious song. You know, I'd rather yeah. it 
than it, that it, traditional. Yeah, it, it sticks with the sound, and and I I really appreciate that. Um, I enjoy that. I know it's like the biggest reason why people love J Cole, but I really do like the the song topics on here. They range from a. Uh, like drug addiction to greed to a couple of more niche topics for hip-hop artists such as like taxation or um advice for up-and-coming hip-hop artists i thought those two particular concepts were executed well on here in my opinion yeah 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 okay so the advice thing i think that J. Cole is a good rapper. Mm-hmm. I want to get that, like... He is. He's like, a talented like, artist, yeah. Yeah, I want to, I want to like, say that first off, because, like, although, like, J. Cole is so easy to hate on and, like, make fun of and everything, because he is easy, um, because of, like, the subject matter that he likes to talk about and the lines that he drops sometimes, he is a talented rapper. I've been impressed with him quite a few times listening to some of his stuff. Mm-hmm. That being said, I like I don't with the with the stuff the advice for like the uh, artists that are just getting started. Like I like the concept of it, but the way he talks about it is just so like self righteous to me. I kind of get that too. Yeah, a little bit. I agree with that. Yeah. It just it, it makes me feel like he thinks that he's it, it makes me think that he thinks he's wiser than he actually is. Yeah, and because he he's not like a seasoned veteran. He's only been in the rap game for like what like eight uh, yeah. years. I get. I don't. I don't even know. Like popular in the rap game for eight, maybe five years. Yeah. Either like, way, it's just kind of like, who the hell are you? Like, I don't know. He's still, yeah. yeah, he's still making a name for himself, technically. Yeah. I mean, J. Cole fans wouldn't believe that, but like... <laughs> I want to talk the, about that, too. Yeah. Yeah, well, you always have to if you're <laughs> talking about that. I'm talking about J. Cole album. But like, so that's the thing. Like, I, I, I like this more than I thought I would. But like, for me to be like, ooh... He actually gave some good advice. No, I don't think. Yeah. I I think that he's just like he's doing this uh, this self righteous like act a lot of the time on this album, and it just drives me crazy. But like the flow and the and the melodies and uh, and the production on here, they're really satisfying for the most part. Uh, I will say that it's a it's mm-hmm. a pretty satisfying listen. Yeah. Overall. But just the subject matter, I, I'm still not. I'm still not thrilled about. I think that he can do much better. Yeah, uh, I've been bored by the last three J Cole records, and uh, this one I was not bored by. Um, I, I kind of want to briefly talk about the fans, but first, one more positive, quick positive. I like the Kill Edward features. Um, I, mm-hmm. it, it turns out Kill Edward is it, it's an alias. It's a pit shifted J Cole. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. It's not, I'm always a yeah. fan of that. I was gonna say it, it's been done a lot before, but it, it's executed but, well here. Yeah. But another thing, and a classic thing for J Cole is the ripping off of Kendrick thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kendrick Kendrick literally does that. Yes. Yep. Yep. And uh, speaking of ripping off that Kevin's Hart pun, yeah, Drake made that on Take Care. So there's that, too. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Don't make me break a Kevin Hart boy. Yeah, um, yeah I, and before I close out, give my rating, J. Cole stands are the worst stands. 
uh, they're the kind of people who, when you find out that ATM stands for addicted to money, they will they will go apeshit and tell you that J. Cole is just a next-level genius. Yeah, um, it's that Zach Galifianakis, like, <laughs> the, the math equation, they're like, yeah, oh my god. Equations. So KOD is kids on drugs, kill our demons, and king overdose? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, yeah, I can't think right now, man. <laughs> so yeah, I I had to shout them out. Um, seven out of ten. I'm just gonna say it. Seven out of ten. Yeah. Um. Well, no, higher than I thought it was. Higher than I thought. Actually. Yeah, higher than I thought. Um. Yeah, I would say the only fans that could stand up to the J Cole fans, as far as annoyances go, are serious Kanye fans. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah. So. Yep. <laughs> But I mean, like, like Kanye can do no wrong, fans. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Like this album more than I thought I would. Um, not a very high standard that I had for J Cole. He surpassed it, but the standard that he got from me it was a six out of ten. Okay. So you know. Oh, mine's like I mean, a soft seven. But you know, yeah. Yeah. Not bad, but like. Yeah. You know, I'm it's, still, it's J Cole. I'm, yeah. yeah exactly he's so, so easy to root for though that i can't hate him he's just a he's a very likable artist um i know like when he put this out i was like i kind of wanted to like for it to be like something amazing but like it's not it's just like you know yeah it, it's still something that's just a very average but i did like it more than I, like i thought i would which would i thought i was going to be like four out of ten on it damn yeah so uh that's so. a six and a half for us uh, let's go on to Beach House. Uh, they're a dream pop duo from Baltimore. Um, I'll just say that I missed their last couple of records because I wasn't really as much of a music listener at the time as I am now. Um, so in that time, since I last listened to a record by them, which was Bloom, I forgot just how damn great this band is. Um, mm-hmm. They are. I'll completely agree with that because I, I I didn't I had, I lost touch on them since Bloom also. It, it's been so what six years since Bloom and uh, they this is a great record. I should have been hyped for this and uh, I feel stupid forever like doubting them or forgetting about them. Uh, this is I don't have many complaints at all. I'll, so I'll just get that out of the way. Uh, the last third of this record especially but a few times throughout i think they 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 kind of go back to their classic beach house sound which is kind of the big knock against them is that they uh they don't change up their sound a lot they they do change it up on this record more than they have in the past but i think people who were making this record out to be this like oh my god they're releasing their kid a you know i, I think we need to tone that Uh-oh. back a little bit you know no, I, I I completely agree with you. It's like it's experimental, but it's experimental for Beach House. It, that's what I had. It's a significant change by their standards, uh, which this is, is fine. This yeah. is yeah. This is still something that I can throw on. There's like two people in the car I can throw on, and nobody's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> right. Where Kid A, you can't do that. Right. <laughs> like, this is still clearly a Beach House record. Yeah, um, it's still something that's like you like nobody that's ever heard Beach House before would be like, "Ooh, this is kind of nice," like that yeah. kind of thing. But they definitely throw more. Ex- they they it's like experimental pop kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, it- or experimental indie pop, whatever. Um, 
and they definitely experiment a lot more with this one than I've heard them in the past mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, experiment especially with songs like uh, Black Car or like Lemon Glow mm-hmm. um, or Drunken LA but um but but yeah yeah I, I i would agree like it's not it's not anything that's like you know it's not game changing to the music sphere but i forgot just how how uh much potential a beach house album has right for like being album of the year right right like this like, is fucking great. like i was <laughs> yeah whatever whenever i saw that they beach house oh beach house has a new album I'm like oh okay and i like could put it on my backlog because I was like, I got other stuff I want to listen to right now. I'll listen to the Beach House album later. And then, like, I get to the Beach House album. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, Bloom is one of my <laughs> favorite albums, like, of that year and of previous years. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this made me rediscover my love for Beach House again. I, we're in the same boat. For whatever reason, I just I fell off the Beach House train. And um, I started to question, like, did I really like Beach House? You know, I got yeah, yeah, same here. And yeah, <laughs> I was I was in the same boat. Yeah, it, it, I think it was that thing of like, because I I was objectively looking at Beach House as like, oh yeah, they're that sunny like good vibes indie band. Right. I was that I used to listen to when I was in high school and college. It, it was like the. I had a similar feeling with the MGMT record recently that I really liked. It was like, did I just like this because I was just getting into indie and I hadn't really heard anything like this, or did mm. I? It, but I, I love Beach. I mean, I like Beach House more than I like MGMT. But I, I love Beach House. Um, Victoria Legrand, her vocals are as great as ever. The instrument, te- the instrumentals are frequently just top notch and maybe mm-hmm. the best I've ever heard them in some spots. Um, specific, yeah. yeah. I like the. Uh, I guess to get specific, a couple tracks you mentioned. Uh, the Black Car, incredibly smooth. Love that awesome. track. Love that instrumental. Uh, Lemon Glow. I love how odd it is. Inter- mm-hmm. Interesting choice for a lead single. Uh, I love the switch up on Dive, and um, I love the. I'm going to call it slow diveness of the song. <laughs> uh, uh, Pay no mind so yes yeah i i don't know if they sound more like their influences now more than ever before or if i'm just now noticing it because i know who slow dive is now you know so i i don't know if if that's an issue with this record or an issue with me um but it, it might and not that it's know. a bad thing i fucking love slow dive but no yeah 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 but no i i, I definitely understand what you're saying because there's like there's a clear line uh that's been crossed in terms of like with because with beach house it's like they've always they've always seemed like influenced by that that uh shoegaze kato slow twins dive. yeah yeah and uh in and in, in in their in their past but they've masked it with this very sunny positive good vibey kind of feel mm-hmm. for a lot of their records and then something like pain no mind is like because because this entire album's aesthetic kind of shifts from just the sunny you know bright hippie uh indie album that's you know really just good feels really nice into something that's more psychedelic and um it's i mean it still definitely has like that good vibe atmosphere to it 
but it's something it's it's something a little bit more serious feeling so i think that that is like this that kind of song like they play on their influences more seriously than they have in the past mm-hmm. and maybe that's why it's like oh this feels definitely more like uh something that slow dive would have put out yeah because slow dive is much more of like they they it's more of a serious sound than mm-hmm. what you what i would have associated beach house with in the past yeah, that, that that that's that's it. That's, that's those are good points uh, for sure. Um, I'll just I'll kind of end my piece by saying that I've heard three albums in full by this band: Teen Dream, Bloom, and now Seven. Oh yeah, Seven's the name of this album. I don't even know if I mentioned that. Um, but yeah. of those three, I can't tell. I can't give a ranking. I don't know which one is my favorite. I don't know which is my least favorite. They're consistent across those three albums at least. Um. So yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, 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 I actually completely agree with that. Uh, I'm giving this one. It's it, not a lot of complaints here. Uh, I think they kind of tone it back. I wish uh, in certain spots, um, but it's an easy eight. Easy eight. Yeah, um, I think that I'm ready to give this album a nine. Honestly, nice, nice. Because I've and and one of the one of the main reasons is because I've listened to this album maybe more than any other album I've listened to. Nice. This year, well, maybe not this year, but this quarter for sure. Well, damn. Okay. And 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 I've already and I've already been sitting at a high eight on it, but there's so little that I have to complain about it that you know I'm 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 definitely ready to like put it up there with something that could top out in my list. It it'll be pretty uh, high on my the end of the year. oh yeah it, it'll be high on my album of the year list too I mean it's a it, it's closer to a nine than it is a seven for sure yeah I'm I'm ready to commit to the nine on this one which is crazy because I think that this year I've given more nines out than I have in like the past same, ever same on here our podcast same here yeah. and you know more to come um, but yeah I mean this is just I think at at, at this rate this is going to be one of the best years of the decade really um mm-hmm. so yeah let's uh, speaking of other albums that we just really love let's get to some individual recommendations uh uh who wants to go first i can go uh, first if you want yeah yeah go ahead go ahead okay and i like to do the awards with these i like to give each of these awards so to kind of refresh patrick and i will be going back and forth on individual recommendations uh we each prepared for Hopefully we'll get them done in the time. Uh, my first one, I, the award is the best album of 2018. Or, or wait, uh, sorry, I, 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 the pen was in the way. The best album of 2018's second quarter. <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. My hand was in the, the best album of 2018's second quarter that was released by good music okay that's it that's it oh my god okay so (laughs) so i've uh i've that's pretty dirty dude i know it's uh yeah unfortunate place to have my hand get in the way um (laughs) so obviously we've shared our thoughts on yay and kids see ghosts um nas album i thought was disappointing uh tiana taylor's album i thought was fine um but yeah as i predicted uh, Pusha T's Daytona uh, was my favorite in this good music series. Um, he's a rapper from Virginia. He's one of the most lyrically consistent rappers out right now. Uh, not only consistent like in terms of quality, but in terms of 
his content. I mean, this dude raps about cocaine almost exclusively. Uh, and he continues to do it on this record, and I'm all for it uh, because he's great. Uh, the way he, he raps on this record and other records, he, he raps at a pace in which you have time to digest every single lyric he hits you with, uh, which is enjoyable for me as a listener um, because he's his lyrics are incredibly clever and focused and just absolutely grimy. Um, I mean, this, this shit is, it's hard. I mean, this is a hard ass Mm -hmm. album. Um, but it's not always just totally direct. He, he raps in a coded way in which like a regular person might not understand what he's saying, but if you know, you know, (laughs) Um, oh my god <laughs> I was saving that one you um, would say you, you could even say he raps in a barcoded way oh damn that's really good that's <laughs> damn that's really good that's a lot better than my joke that's so good um, <laughs> let's rewind that yeah uh, the podcast <laughs> uh, so oh yeah so an example of this um, on that song I just made a, a pretty bad reference to he, he has this lyric he says uh, we got the tennis balls for the wrong sport so I didn't really get what that meant, um, but I looked up. He annotated this song on Genius. Uh, according nice. to him, the tennis balls. He said he would hollow them out and put whatever he wanted in there, and you could probably guess what he would hollow out. Or, you know what he would put in there. Yeah. He'd carry it around. No one would know what's in it. Um, but yeah, it's just stuff like that. It's throughout Damn, the that's album. Really cool. Yeah, right. It, so that's all over the album where you're just like, wait, what does that mean? And then you look it up. It's like, oh shit, you know. Uh, so he's very coded in that way, barcoded. Um, here's the thing, you know, Pusha T's great at rapping. We knew that. Kanye West is a great producer. We knew that. What separates this from his previous solo efforts is that here, it, it, it's uh, obviously the seven tracks makes it for you know it lacks filler. But also, he just sounds comfortable over every single song here. Uh, on previous efforts, he would occasionally try to flirt with more mainstream sounds or sounds that just didn't fit his style. Uh, but this new project is airtight. Uh, the only two tracks that I didn't think measured up were, uh, coincidentally, the two that featured uh, guest verses uh, from Kanye and Rick Ross. I thought those two were the songs that were a little underwhelming. Um, it, additionally, I think while I think the song Infrared is a very good track, diss tracks are always a little weird in terms of cohesion and how they fit in the album. It's just kind of weird to end right. an album on a Drake diss. That's about it for complaints. Uh, it's it's a hard-ass album. It's consistent, well-executed, uh, one of the best rap albums of 2018. Uh, easy 8 again out of 10. Nice. Nice. So yeah, push a T. Yeah, I I, uh, I I really like that album too. I knew you were gonna pick it, so stay away from that one. But yes, I I really love Daytona, and I like Daytona way more than I even thought I was going to because mm. I've listened to some of Pusha T stuff in the past. But like, I mean, I've been I've liked it, but I haven't been like blown away by it. It's basically been a thing of like, oh yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. But this one was like a whole new level. I this think was this like, is his best solo record. Yeah. Yeah, this one was a thing that caught me off guard. Like, damn, this is really, really something. So, yeah. Nice. Um, so, my pick, first pick, I'm going to go ahead and do this one. My award is, I really hope Will didn't pick this one for Uh-oh. his recommendations. Uh-oh. Pick. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and talk about it anyway. It is 
Kamasi Washington, Heaven and Earth. I didn't because I thought you would pick it. Whew. Yeah, okay. we nailed it. We nailed it. Okay, I was hoping so because I I went to the show, so I was hoping that that was something that you were oh, like, yeah. oh, I'll give it to him for that. Absolutely. Um, so this is Kamasi Washington's latest album. It's called Heaven and Earth. As you can probably guess, it's a double album. It's a very long album, but a double album. And the first concept is about, well, not heaven, but it's about Earth. And then the second half of it is about heaven. So the Earth concept of it is about, uh, it is, it's political, it's social, it's about Kamasi Washington expressing his own feelings as a person. And then the heaven aspect of it, which is the second part, is um, about his uh, like like more esoteric things and what happens to people after after all of this has subsided and what what you know what is important in the grand scheme of things and how fleeting everything is so very existential sort of stuff mm-hmm. Kamasi Washington bundles all of this up in this ridiculously complex jazz choral instrumentation like just absolute masterpiece stuff and Mm -hmm. he's been doing this for like so well not so long but like for for the past few years and like i can't understate how impressed i am with this guy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like he's i he is somebody that i think is changing not like the entire music landscape but he's changing the landscape of jazz and he's just very quietly doing it and it excites me so much to just see the consistency in in what he's been able to put out because the epic is a jazz it, it, it it's like a modern jazz masterpiece agreed it's it, it's an amazing epic no pun intended but pun intended also (laughs) (laughs) so uh, like like just sprawling project that is super ambitious and very concise at the same time his ep from last year is like pretty short especially by kamasi washington standards but it's so just charming and beautiful and then this one is just like just a, a absolute conceptual uh, landmark in terms of what you can do with jazz music. Um, it's I, I I'm so excited about what he's been doing. This thing is is very social, like I said, political, um, fiery at the start, and then it sweeps into this other this other uh, sort of self aware, but from like a cosmic jazzy perspective. Because that's a classic concept in jazz, is the cosmic sense, but mm-hmm. um, but but it works, and and Kamasi Washington does it in a different way than I've heard pretty much anybody do it. Um, I mean, it's just it's just great. It's it's innovative as fuck, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful, and it's pretty accessible. I think that anybody that's looking to get into jazz and and especially avant-garde jazz especially avant-garde jazz this is accessible but anybody getting into jazz in general would be like you know 
okay with getting into something like this and they would find it something that's really inspiring and something that's really amazing i don't have really that many complaints about it i i, I know it's a super long listen it's two and a half hours long that can be dreary and it can get annoying for people because it's jazz music <laughs> But I love this stuff. I think it's great. I'm it. Uh, I'm throwing out my my uh, my next nine of nice. the year to Kamasi Washington, and I'm glad that he was able to impress me yet again. I um I I agree with your point. He's just absolutely impressive every time. I've only listened to it once because it is a recent album and uh, it is two and a and half it's hours. It's so long, yeah. So I've only given it one listen. I mean, I haven't even given a single song more than one listen. I'm probably going to be at a nine as well. He's just incredible, incredible. It's that. It, it's it's also that kind of thing where it's that surface level, just that impressive. Right, right. If anything, I think you could walk away and be like, "Wow, that guy's really good at his job." You know, even if you're not like head <laughs> right. over heels, you know. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. that's great. I'm I'm glad you talked about this one. Um, and I'm switching to an album that I hope you don't have in your recommendations. Um, Uh-oh. I'm not even sure if you even liked this one a lot, but we did kind of mention it a little bit. Um, the award I'm calling the most all over the place album of 2018 second quarter, but in a good way. Right, so it's just it's all over the place, but in a good way. Um, it's the new record, maybe I think maybe the debut record from Sophie, um, in, entitled "Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides," or if you say it fast, "I Love Every Person's Insides." <coughs> Sophie is a she's a singer, songwriter, producer, DJ from Scotland, uh, working in. Uh, let's call it experimental pop music um, sh- uh, so this record uh, I gave it the award because it has a bunch of songs in uh, several different insane styles it's just take the first two tracks to kind of illustrate my point uh, the opener called It's Okay to Cry it- it's this gentle yet definitely off kilter ballad that is reminiscent of once again, my favorite album of last year, No Shape by Perfume Genius. It's this really beautiful, dreamy, uh, majestic introduction to the record. And then by track two, my face is melting off of my head because uh, Pony Boy, as it's called, is the most oh, ridiculous man. banger I've heard in maybe years. Uh, you either love this song or hate this song. It is absolutely aggressive. It's bonkers, and it's probably the antithesis to the opening song. Um, and it's not just this dichotomy. She she explores different avenues on other songs as well. Uh, she sprinkles in some ambient music on the song "Pretending." Uh, she creates this kind of earwormy, Grimes-like pop perfection on uh, "Immaterial." Uh, she plays with song lengths throughout the record, ranging from under two minutes to over nine minutes. Th- this record's trying to do so much in like a 40-minute time period, which I can appreciate. Um, the point has been made several times over, but I think a lot of the ideas she's exploring on this record have the potential to 
influence musicians several years from now um it's it's genre bending now but we might look at this later as being genre defining um this might it might be the music of the future i can't predict that but i would love it to be true uh people are hyping up this record because of it's it's more brash in your face moments but i love the the more majestic moments just as much uh, the the middle of the record kind of loses me a little bit. Uh, some of the vocals aren't working for me, which it should be stated. Uh, there are a lot of guest vocalists on here. Um, all in all, just a fantastic listen. I've never heard an album like this. Uh, I would recommend checking this out. I wouldn't call any of this, maybe some of it accessible, but as a whole, definitely not accessible. Uh, listen to Pony Boy if you're just curious as to like, the how ridiculous this album can get um yeah like what you're getting into right exactly yeah and, and it's not just you know banger 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 the entire time it, she does a nice job of kind of sprinkling in some softer moments as well uh a ton of variety on this thing uh, i'm going uh, uh, yet again another just solid eight out of ten didn't have to question it eight out of ten nice yeah no i didn't have that on my list because i definitely figured that you were gonna mm-hmm talk about it you judging pretty much solely off of the fact that you had perfume genius as your number one album mm. last year so mm-hmm. that's that's a good good call good call um so my uh second album is uh the award that goes to it for the you know i had to talk about this one Ooh. album okay oh i think i know i think i know this one is Compro by oh, E-Mask. Okay, okay. Not the one I was thinking of, but same department. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right. Um, so, Ski Mask, this is a uh, ambient-ish kind of electronic um, album. And I hadn't heard about this guy before. Um, the, my, my introduction to him is this one, and it was, it was pretty much because Pitchfork gave it Best New Music 8.6, um, so German producer Brian Mueller, I think, is how you pronounce it, um, creates this album that's very cold feeling, but also has a lot of techno and dance elements to it that I think are really attractive and done really well. Um, but the it, uh, the interesting thing about this record is, so I liked the Gas record a lot from last year, mm. and the gas record and a lot of his other work is considered a lot of it's considered trance ambient where it has these techno elements to it but they're soaked down into this into this like very hazy atmospheric sort of way sort of vibe that um that that is supposed to be psychedelic and it and and i really liked the the way that he did it on narcopop last year ski mask doesn't shy away from the techno elements of his work but he incorporates a lot of ambience into them um so his use of sound on this thing is really efficient and it's really interesting because he uses what sounds like real world sounds a lot of the time mixed in with some really classic uh, techno drumming and techno synths. 
um, to create a very a very otherworldly feeling record. Um, and it might not be a coincidence that both him and uh, and Gas, what's his name, Wolfgang Voigt, mm-hmm. are both German. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but <laughs> maybe maybe they both maybe maybe it's a German ambient thing to 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 make techno music into ambient music. Yeah, like a anyway, yeah. but um, but yeah, I mean, this album is it it was extremely impressive to me. I I I mean, anytime I mean, I figured I was gonna like this because I was seeing an electronic and then ambient ish album getting best new music. I'm like super excited for that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this album has been super super impressive to the fact that it's it's something that like i've never really heard before even in the genre that that i expected it to be in there's a lot of aphex twin elements to it with the heavy techno idm sort of stuff but there's a lot of very airy um sort of just classical ambient just atmospheric elements to it too that complement it in a really good way that isn't captured a lot of times very well in the ambient and electronic area so um not too much else to say about it um definitely suggest giving it a listen it's not super long um and it's decently accessible i would say it's not it's not something that has a lot of really weird conceptual sounds that are coming in and out and you're like what is going on with this it sounds very purposeful and it sounds like something that anybody can appreciate from just a a general like this sounds nice kind of thing Um, but overall it, it it comes out with a lot more deeper sounding things that you can dig up and feel satisfied with time and time again uh, I'm I'm at a solid eight with this. Okay. Um. And yeah, I I really liked this record a lot, though. That was that was a great summary. Uh, I I agree. It's a it's a really quality album, and I'm I'm glad you love it. I just want to throw out one thing. Amazing album artwork on this one. I oh, I, it is so so awesome. good, so good. Yeah. Oh man, it captures it captures the whole aesthetic of it so well too. Exactly, as any good album cover does. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, yeah, I I agree. Uh, well, I don't. I'm not at an eight. I'm like at a, a nice seven. But yeah, very very quality record. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to listen to it a few more times to fully solidify that. But um, yeah, I I love I've loved listening to this over and over again. So, you know, it's. Yeah, I'm 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 very positive with it. Sounds good. Um, so my next one, uh, I'm gonna call it the. It sounds familiar, but I'm not sure what to compare it to. Award, if that makes any sense. Because uh, because okay. though it doesn't sound overly experimental, it, it I can't. It sounds pretty unique. I can't really tie it back to anything. Um, it's the new record from Amen Dunes. Uh, yeah, titled Freedom. Uh, Amen Dunes are an indie rock, experimental rock, uh, psychedelic rock band from New York City. And I say experimental, but it's not abrasive at all. Like this is, you could easily throw this on. It's not the Sophie record. It not, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. Um, so this is this is one of my favorite records of the year. Um, 
So it, it kind of pains me to say that I'm not entirely sure how to describe it. Um, but here's what this album has going for it. Um, it's got emotion. It's got passion. Uh, it has this sense of momentum. Uh, this sense of hypnotism. A ton of subtlety. Um, as I mentioned earlier, originality. Uh, has this tenderness to it. And it, it's just full of of taste it's just incredibly well crafted um it's full of songs that feel like journeys uh i talk about on or off the podcast all the time about i love these songs that have these real subtle builds to them where you just you begin with bare minimum and you end up with Mm -hmm. this really expansive sound at the end and that's all over this record um there's just so much care and detail put into this record it's it's just such a joy to listen to uh sonically there's there's plenty of synths and guitars here um it has elements of like psychedelic rock uh folk and like heartland rock uh but it's it's done in a way that that's modern uh refined uh reflective and emotive um I'm not sure how to, you know, I don't know, but it, it's kind of like if the War on Drugs recorded Blonde. Like, there's a little bit of both of those projects or acts, I guess, in here. Um, Damon McMahon's voice is just stellar, uh, stellar to me. Um, it's a hauntingly beautiful voice, uh, and it... it probably contains the most vibrato since stevie nicks i mean he is a vibrato all over this thing um but it, it it doesn't get annoying at all to me it's one of those records where if a song pops up on my shuffle i'm gonna listen to it and the song just sucks me in immediately um there there are a few records that have the effect on me where I'm just entranced by it. I can just throw it on and not think about anything else except for what I'm listening to. Uh, it's it's superb. It's a superb record. Um, it was very well received when it came out, but unfortunately, it kind of seems to have fallen under the radar a little bit. Uh, but I'm I'm carrying the torch for him. Uh, nine out of ten. Nice. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's 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 freaking just every song is just high quality every single yes one. Yeah. yeah yeah no I I completely agree with that and it's a very much an album that upon first listen you're just struck by right it's like oh this is I knew this was one of my favorites of the year as soon as I heard it it's yeah just, no there, he put so much detail into this that it's just I have to respect it and I love listening to it. Nice, nice. I really like that, and I and I figured you would talk about that one, but I I like I really like the way that you, you talked about that. It, it got the eight point seven best new music, I think, and then just no one talked about it after that. So it, yeah, it's I know. Weird. Yeah, it was like a thing of just everybody was like, oh yeah, this is like maybe album of the year, and then now they're just like not even talking about it, like it came out this year. Right. Yeah. So it beats me. This is great. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to move on to mine now. This one is the Thank You, Will, for su- act for suggesting this to me, because okay. I probably wouldn't have looked at it, actually, otherwise. Holy shit, awesome. Let's do it. Uh, this is the Anna Von Housewolf mm-hmm. album, 
dead magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Will suggested this to me because one of somebody on Twitter, right? Uh, Jack, Jack so, Mockerman, friend of the podcast. Yeah, Jack Mockerman, yeah, yeah. Jack suggested it's you, and then you saw that you were, like, it was getting good reviews, and it's, uh, it's marketed as funeral pop. <laughs> um, so sort of, like, has this dark metal-ish like sun uh, vibe to it, um, but not as not as drastically experimental. And Will was like, "Oh, you'll really like this!" And surprise, I did actually like <laughs> it quite a bit. Um, it's a it's it's a decently short record. The all the, each of the songs are pretty long, but it's only four tracks, so it's a it's not an easy listen. Mm. but it's uh but it, it 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 is listenable so it still sits at 45 minutes but it's you know um it, it is a listenable thing it's very expansive and dark and sounds very much like in, like nothing else i've heard especially this year um i wasn't surprised to see that some people from sun worked or like collaborators that from sun worked on this because it's very bleak Hmm. it's very very heavy and full feeling of like sort of a doom vibe to it but the difference with this is there's um there's there's this poppy-ish element to it where you feel like you could show this to somebody that's like ooh, i've been kind of interested in getting into the like darker side of music and they and this would be something that is more accessible um so that I, that that's a pretty attractive quality to me because it doesn't lose out on its integrity for what it was going to be but it manages to mar- to to sell itself off in this way of like that's pretty easily digestible and i'm always a fan of that mm-hmm. i think that's always really cool because it it's always nice to feel that um, Anna von uh, Hasselhoff. I don't know if that's I'm going to go with. I'm, I, I've been going Hauswolf. I think. I don't know. I think it might be Hauswolf. She's Swedish, so I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I I've been saying it more German lately, <laughs> and then I learned she's Swedish. I'm like, it's probably not how you're supposed to pronounce <laughs> it. Anyway, so she is. She throws these vocals on here that are sometimes beautiful sometimes haunting and sometimes just like downright frightening Mm -hmm. um sometimes she just sounds like she's like a a a witch like just calling out spells and like conjuring up demons throughout this album (laughs) and sometimes she sounds like you know a siren that's really like trying to lure you to your death there's always that element of doom to this but sometimes it's masked in a really beautiful way um there's a lot of church religious elements to this with the organs that are spread out throughout this uh, but like a gothic church sort of vibe to it and you know overall i just really really like the concept and the atmosphere behind it um i think that ultimately i'm not like blown away 
but I'm like, I, I just love the idea behind it. It just, it's so nice to just sit in this kind of aesthetic. I think this is one of the coolest uh, and most well captured uh, aesthetics that I've heard. Like, it, it's one of the most captured versions of that aesthetic that I've heard this year. Um, but it, it, I mean, it's not anything that's like mind blowing. It's it, it does towards the end feel a little bit too dreary and a little bit repetitive. That's the only thing that I have with it because it's only four tracks, but it still says at forty five minutes. So each track is very long and slow. So like a lot of doom metal, it's gonna feel like you're just rudging through this thing to get to the end, and that's the only thing. It can feel like a lot. But overall, I'm just like a huge fan of how she captured this aesthetic, and I'm uh, I'm I, I'm willing to give it a, a almost an eight, but a seven okay. right now out of ten. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you you really liked it because it's really hard to find people to recommend that to uh, generally. But but you're right. I think there it, it kind of grabbed me initially. So if it grabbed me, I think it might grab a lot of people too. Um, yeah. Right. Just probably the most intense record I've heard all year, and kind of like the uh, the Kamasi or the Amen Dunes, just a record that you can tell a ton of care was put into it, just a ton of work. yeah, exactly, a lot of artistic, a, lo- a lot of artistic care was put into it. Exactly. So yeah, so nice, good, good pick, good pick. Um, my last one, Simple Award, the most pleasant surprise of quarter two. Uh, nice. Yeah, just, you know, this is the most pleasant surprise. I love the pleasant surprises. And it's weird, because this is a band that I enjoy, generally. So it's kind of odd that they're a surprise, but I'll explain in a minute. I've talked about this record on here before, but I didn't talk about the record. I talked about the concert I went to. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, so Parquet Courts, uh, Wide Awake is the record. Uh, they're an, uh, they're a punk band from Texas. The term art punk gets thrown around with them. I'll kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, so, Will loves Parquet Courts. He, he's had uh, what when Human Performance came out, it was pretty high on my 2016 list. Uh, so, why am I surprised that I love this album? One reason and one reason. Why? Why Will? Yeah. Yeah, okay, thanks for asking. Um, One reason and one reason only. Danger Mouse. Um, Danger Mouse was slated to produce this album for the first time in the band's career. Uh, He's a producer that he'll make average, like, a decent average bands sound good, and he'll make great bands sound good. Uh, He's, he, he has pretty good production here and there but in recent years especially he occasionally waters down a band's sound or kind of makes them sound safe safe is not what i want on a punk record so i was a little eh, well let's see what happens here going into the record um thankfully this there's not much that's safe on here it's occasionally very raw uh, it kicks ass. Um, songs such as, you know, toward the beginning of the record, Total Football, Violence, uh, Almost Had to Start a Fight, they're all aggressive, uh, and they establish at the beginning that this isn't going to be, 
you know, Danger Mouse toning down a band sound a la Black Keys Brothers. I think that's the second mm. reference I've made to that album tonight. That's weird. Um, yeah, that is strange. <laughs> very weird. Um, so, so parquet courts, they're great at these raw punk anthems that everyone looks for in punk music, but their softer side, I think, is well worth a listen as well. Um, songs such as Tenderness or Freebird 2 or uh, Before the Water Gets Too High they're less aggressive highlights on this record so they have this nice balance of aggressive punk stuff and other punk stuff but not you know more refined i guess um of course since this is a punk record it's going to get political thankfully the politics here are i I enjoy them um because they're not heavy-handed and they're not overly straightforward to the point of laziness. I think with a lot of punk records you get you know, political opinions but it gets pretty lazy, right? This isn't like, woohoo, fuck the government. You know, it's not that. It's not, yeah, it's not that. This isn't fuck the government. This is more like swapping parts and roles is not acting but rather emancipation from expectation. Collectivism and autonomy are not mutually exclusive those who find discomfort in your goals of liberation will be issued no apology and fuck Tom Brady okay so there's there's a little <laughs> bit of that fuck stuff you know there's a little bit of that Yes. Um, but overall it, it's an intelligent punk record uh, and in the age of Donald Trump uh, everyone has something to say about what's going on and what not uh, which has led to a lot of half-baked political music. And I don't mean half-baked because people are going after Trump. You know, we're anti-Trump, we've established this. But it, half-baked in the sense that their 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 outrage isn't well thought out enough. And so it leads to a lot of people thinking they can make revolutionary music, but it just doesn't reach that benchmark. Um, Wide Awake, on the other hand, I think is well thought out, but it's also fun and raw and energetic um my bigger gripes with this album are that i think it could use better sequencing um i think that it's mostly front loaded it's weird to me that like the three longest songs on the record are the first three songs and then you get a bunch of minute long songs toward the end kind of throws me off uh the concert was great too but you know i discussed that on an earlier podcast uh Mm -hmm. yet another solid eight out of ten nice yeah 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 i figured that i figured you were gonna talk about that one too since you talked about the the concert that you were at too but yeah i i'm i'm a big fan of this and i was surprised by how much i really liked it too because i liked the parquet courts album Mm -hmm. um of 2016 yeah uh, yeah human performance yeah 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 but i honestly didn't expect like that much from them i don't know i don't know why but i didn't expect that much from them coming around a second time but i definitely didn't expect anything to be better Mm -hmm. i was like i was like oh this was a pretty good like album you know i liked it but hearing hearing this one or like seeing that they were releasing what this year i was like okay whatever and it was another thing that kind of got put in my back catalog and then i saw how much everybody was liking and i'm like ooh, okay well i'll check it out and i i like this one so much more than even human performance yeah i think this is my favorite record of theirs yeah yeah i'm a i'm a fan of it too oh just a fyi uh like 11 or so minutes left so Okay, cool. I'll talk about my last one really quick. Don't have a ton to say about it, but let me get my uh, my award. This one is for the award for 
talked about an ambient record. Now I gotta talk about a metal record. Nice, nice. This one is my favorite metal record of quarter two. It is a, the record from Metal Act, The Body. And the title mm. is, I have fought against it, but I can't any longer. I've heard which of this. Is, which is taken from, you've heard of this one? I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it, but yeah, I've, I'm kind of familiar with it. Okay. So that title is, just for reference sake, taken from a Virginia Woolf uh, 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 passage, and it has a lot to do with, as you could probably guess, suicide. Um, the album itself aesthetically has a lot to do with suicide and anxiety and, and uh, depression and feeling like you are in hell, that kind of idea. It combines noise rock, uh, sort of like harsh, abrasive noise rock with electronic music, um, and com comes out with like a way that's passable and somewhat comforting in a really bizarre way. Um, because it's very honest with the way that it wants to sound, and it, it, even though it's abrasive, and it's very and like I've said about the other albums that I've talked about, it takes a lot of care in how it. it they took a lot of care in that into how they wanted this thing to come out, and this comes out as something that is more empathetic in the idea of of suicide and depression and anxiety in a, in in the in the heavy metal world rather than uh, indulgent in the ideas of that which is something that's been attracted to me about metal in the past few years period is how empathetic it can be to those ideas um but the uh, the unattractive thing is also the other side where how like indulgent it can be in those ideas mm -hmm. so it's a very polarizing genre for me in those ideas in those ways but when it hits it hits and this one hits really well um, it does get, like I was saying about the Anna Von House Wolf album, um, it, it is a lot to take in. Um, I think it's a worthwhile listen. There, it, it, there are parts on it, like towards towards the middle of it, it starts to feel like there's a lot, and it feels overwhelming, and it feels like. Um, sort of unnecessary in certain parts but I think overall I'm left with like a real satisfying feeling after listening through to this and a real appreciation for the risks that they took making this noise metal record um, I'm really positive about this thing I'm not quite at an 8 like I was I, I feel very much like I did about the Anna Von Housewolf album on like with this one. I'm very, very close, but I'm still gonna give it a seven. But I really like this thing and I and I would definitely want to recommend this to I know that people listen to me talk about metal, but this one is definitely something that I wanted to recommend to people because it's not like a lot of other metal albums that I've recommended or even heard. It's experimental but it's accessible it's aesthetically pleasing and it's very harsh but it's a really satisfying listen well, that's, so that's what i have to say about it that's good I, i'm 
so it's like it, it's a noisier metal it's, like yeah so uh you remember the portal album from this year right yes yeah ion i think so yeah take yeah take the abrasiveness of that okay and and the sort of the vocals of that and then and then just like and take out the fast-paced nature and sort of add just more of like a slow like drudging kind of feeling to it uh, i think i might like that more than and it's similar yeah and it's yeah. similar to that because it doesn't feel as it doesn't feel as like like you know just like frenetic it feels mm. very much uh like there's a lot of doom in this but it, it doesn't feel as frenetic as the portal record sometimes does yeah okay okay so that's yeah, i I really like this album. That's good. I was wondering when the the metal was gonna come in. I, I knew it was coming at some point, but uh, I had to work up to it. So you see how I did it, right? I like slowly worked mm. my way towards metal. Yeah, we we slowly worked our. Considering we started this podcast with Father John Misty, it, it took us a while to get here, but now we're at metal. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, those are our thoughts. Uh, we've got like five minutes left, so I just wanted to like just quick mention other albums i would have considered for this it was hard to leave off serpent with feet it was hard to leave off uh hop along and uh i haven't formulated my thoughts on death grips because it just came out but i'm really liking that one as well uh were there any others that you kind of like oh man i wish i had time to talk about that um i haven't completely formulated my opinion on the kate in v record that's another yeah yeah but I, I'm, I'm definitely like I definitely feel positive about it, and I would like to recommend it. But I didn't feel like strong enough about it yet to say anything. Um, that I did like the Serpent in Feet a lot. I, I'm, I'm starting to like Snail Mail yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but again, I just started listening to that too because I was like, oh, that was one of the things I was like, okay, I guess I should give this a listen, and then. Um, one Thrix Point Never. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, I I feel like this one's been slipping through the cracks a lot, but and it's not my favorite. It's probably not even my second or maybe even third favorite uh, record from him. But uh, I I do like it quite a bit, and I don't want people to forget about it. So definitely check that one out too. Yeah, that's our uh, our thoughts on the quarter two in music. Um, we might be switching it up for the third quarter. We'll see. We'll keep in touch with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Drake is next, and uh, there's 25 songs, so we're not going to do the track by track thing. <laughs> we're uh, gosh, gee, you wanna, uh, unless you want to split it into like four podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. So, uh, so yeah, Drake is next. He released an album. Uh, thank you for listening to this one. It's one of our longer podcasts, but we always have fun with this just because. It's fun to talk about music that we enjoy, you know? Um, So, yeah, uh, hopefully you guys listen to this and you're like, oh, maybe I'll check that out, check that out. Check all of these out, except for, I guess, Mm -hmm. Arctic Monkeys or J. Cole or whoever, you know? But other than that, you know... I mean, check them out. Form your opinion. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, don't listen to it. our recommendations go, check out the other stuff first. Right, exactly. Yeah, you know what? That's a better point. That's a better point. Um yeah great quarter great year in music so far thank you for joining me as always patrick yes i love these things yes uh this is will signing off bye bye